0: Now folks. Welcome to another shining edition of Missouri Swagger. This is episode 12, I believe.
1: Uh, I'm Dennis Hopeless. And I am Cullen Bunn. Like it or not. <laughs> I don't <laughs> right now. <laughs> I'm in the middle of of a, uh, I call it script scriptpocalypse. Dennis. This is the
0: craziest deadline that I've ever heard
1: of. Yeah, it is an insane deadline that I'm facing right now. And uh, I'm the only man who can do it true you i mean i certainly couldn't but i'm happy to take a break from my important work to talk to you right well always because i'm a delight um so yesterday
0: was uh world mental health day yes and uh i'm having a week coming off the heels of a fantastic new york comic-con where it was great to see everyone and i uh completely exhausted my body and mind and set up a bunch of new projects and had all sorts of exciting things happen uh this week is kind of, kind of weird and taxing personally. Um, and yesterday is World Mental Health Day, so I feel like we should talk about mental health.
1: Yeah, I mean, we had originally said we we're going to talk about process a little bit, but I think maybe this is a little more important. So let's uh, we'll 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 talk about process some other time. People hear about yes. how we write comic books too much anyway.
0: Well, I think next week we ought to do two because we skipped to the New York week and we haven't done two in a while. So
1: well. Uh, it's not my fault we skipped you, New York. You were in New York. I was. I keep- know. I thought
0: about shooting, but it's so loud, and uh, there's so much white noise in there when I when I had a seat or wasn't busy. Right. I felt like it was just going to sound bad. Um, so, anyway, sorry about that. Sorry, uh, we missed last week. But yeah, so um, so mental health. I think there's nothing more in Missouri than than, uh, than you know, crazy and brain, um, and yeah. and I think I think we all are. At least all of the people that I know, and most of them are in Missouri. So. Uh, yes,
1: I I would agree. I think uh, first of all, I think this is a complex topic you've picked for us today, Dennis, yeah. and and uh, that's good because if there's one person you want to discuss a complex topic with, it's me.
0: <laughs> well, we're going to talk about our own our own personal relationship to this stuff, and uh, when I when I I'm not being flip when I say crazy, like I think everybody's of crazy. Not. You know, we, we are all are. broken in different ways, and um, and yeah, I wanna, I want to talk about about my own uh, relationship with all this stuff. Um, I'm not going to get into the, too many of the details, but um, I had a pretty tumultuous personal life the last couple of years where a lot of things changed and a lot of, a lot of stuff is difficult. And um, I, you know, I, I believe in therapy. I believe in, in self care. I believe in uh, talking stuff out. I have lots of friends and a therapist who I can go to um, to help me through stuff. But the bad thing is a lot of times, especially with with depression, and, and when you're kind of in a dark place and and overwhelmed by life, the hardest thing in the world to do is convince yourself that there's another thing you need to do in a day. Um, yes, and it makes sometimes it makes it hard to uh, to get through it. So, I I spent a good a good few months last year um, extremely depressed and not realizing it because. You know, I've got I've got little kids that I love. When I'm with my kids, I'm happy. And when I'm, you know, when I'm lost in a script and in the zone, I, I'm, I'm happy. And when I'm hanging out with my friends or when I was out with my girlfriend, I was in a good place and everything was fine. And then, any, you know, I would get overwhelmed because I wouldn't hit my my deadline for that day, and I'd be alone in the chair, and it would feel like I could never write another word. Or I'd be in my bedroom in the dark, not able to sleep, and thinking about every decision I had made for the last five years of my life and how it might have been wrong. or This might've been wrong if I could redo this. And that's, that's what depression feels like to me. My, uh, my extremities get tingly and I can't sleep and I spiral through all of these, um, questions and thoughts about, um, about where I am and when, where I'm going. And, and yeah, uh, I wish that I had figured that out a little bit sooner and gotten more <laughs> help because, um, because yeah, this week kind of sucks. I've got weird stuff going on, but I'm in a much better place in general. So I'm, <laughs> I'm dealing with it a lot better and I have, you know, I, I have a lot of things in place to help me. Um, and I wish I'd had that last year. So I just want to say, if you're feeling down, if you're in a bad place, you should, um, get help, talk to friends, do, do things that are good for your brain, which we'll talk more about that in a minute. Cause I'm gonna let you go. I've been talking for a minute. For, well,
1: no, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's, uh, you know, one of the, the great uh, tricks of dealing with, you know, depression and anxiety is that uh, it it fools you into thinking either um, you're not dealing with it or that you shouldn't be dealing with it. Uh, you know, look, I've dealt with uh, I've dealt with depression and anxiety essentially all my life. Um, and I just never, you know, sometimes I just thought, well, oh, I'm just a down person. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just bummed out a lot. Right. Um, but you know, here I am in, in, you know, my, my current, my current position in life. You know, I have, you know, I'm married to a woman I love dearly. I have an amazing kid. I'm doing the things that, uh, I always wanted to do professionally. This is, you know, I, I do the stuff I've always wanted to do. Right. Uh, so up here I tell myself, well, I, there's no way I can, you know, you shouldn't be, there's nothing that should make you sad. Now everything should be awesome. Right. Um, and, uh, and yet I still deal, uh, with, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I just have to, the only way to say it is, you know, I am a, you know, I have depression, I have anxiety and I have a lot of anger issues. Um, yes that you like to make fun of me for, but that's all right, Dennis. Because uh, it's
0: funny. It's funny when you're mad. I, I, it used to be funnier to me when we weren't as close, because I just <laughs> got to watch it from afar. And now I feel like it's partially my responsibility to dump ice water on the fire that is. <laughs> <culling>. <laughs> yeah, you
1: know, and and uh, and yeah, you know, I don't think there's any, you know, maybe once years ago, I might have been ashamed to say, you know, I take medication to, to help keep, you know, to help keep my, uh, my moods in check, you know, I have to take stuff every day just to, to make sure I, I can, uh, I can function without it, but, uh, right. but it absolutely, actually, actually, it, it absolutely makes things much more pleasant and easier for me. And, uh, and, you know, we talked for years now and I remember when you started, uh, uh, seeing a therapist and, right. and you actually helped convince me to start seeing a therapist. Uh, and it, and it helped you know, it it helped just having someone to, uh, first of all, the therapy helped, uh, because it helped having someone to talk to, but, but talking to you about these things helps too, because I think something that people need that are dealing with these things, I I hope they realize is that they're not alone. (laughs) And, and that you said it earlier, everybody's crazy. And it's absolutely true. Everybody deals with these things, uh, uh, to some degree, into some degree, some of us, it's a little more extreme and some of us, you know, you know, are, you know, handle it. Maybe it looks like they're handling it better at least from the outside in, but that does that even that's deceptive to to think this person looks like they've got it all together because that's more often than not, that's not the case. Right.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And I like me personally, I have always had anxiety issues and anxiety. It makes me procrastinate. It gets, it makes, it makes, forced me to overthink things. It gets in my way, you know, personally and professionally a lot. I have not dealt with depression until recently. Um, I mean, I probably have been depressed in the past, but, um, yeah, it was, that was new that, that just like that despair that you can't get out of where when every time you're alone, your brain just spirals through everything. Like I'd never gone through that before. And it felt, it felt so overwhelming and so crushing when it was happening. And then it would go away completely whenever I was distracted by something, and it was like, "Oh, I'm fine now." And I would convince myself in the middle of the day, like, "Well, that's over with." And then yeah, you I'm know, okay. Then like, you're I was alone just having, for happening.
1: I was just having a bout of sadness.
0: Right. Exactly. And then you know you're alone for an hour or a day or two, and then it comes back. And uh, and yeah, talking about it helps a lot for me. Um, talking about it to my friends. A th- the nice thing about a the therapist is they have no agenda. They have yes. no. They, they're just there to listen to what you've got to say and to help you process it and it has not, no effect on them they don't they don't care what you do with it necessarily as long as it's helpful and and that that's a big thing yeah
1: that that was a little that took a little getting used to uh for me and i don't I, i'm not currently seeing a therapist but when i was it took some uh it took some getting used to the the fact that they you know that they're really there to 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 be sounding boards more than yeah. anything. And uh, and I really wanted this person. As I sat down, like the first day, I was like, "All right, I'm paying you. Fix me. You know, right. I, tell me what I need to know to to make this go away." Um, and that's not really what their their purpose is. Although that's what I I still desperately want someone to fix me. <laughs>
0: right. Well, you know, I had a <clears throat> a breakthrough or whatever. This is what it felt like to me uh, in the spring, and that is after going to this same therapist off and on for I don't know a year and a half. And this woman would explore whatever cr- stuff my brain needed to do to explore the whole time as though that was the most important thing. Like we would talk about whatever it was that was in my nut at that day. Uh, and as though it was the most important thing in the world. And then when we finally, when I finally got through a lot of it and was processing things and was getting to the place where I was getting close to the breakthrough, it got mm-hmm. more focused and it got more helpful. And the day like she didn't fix me, but the day I saw clear of it, like the day that I saw, yeah. Like, oh, my past does not matter as much as my future, and I'm fine, and I can do all of this stuff. It's like the world got brighter, and the air refilled my lungs, and the look on her face, like she gave me a high five, because she saw it. She's like, oh, you finally see the thing I've been waiting for you to get to, because nobody else can take you there. You have to get there. Right. And I've found there's lots of stuff you can do day to day, like self-care stuff. Like, I get up in the morning, I go for a walk, first thing I do, and it's so that I can process all of the shit that's going to be in the way of me doing my job and being a good dad and being you know, a good friend and all of that stuff, I can process that while listening to loud music by myself, get my blood flowing, and that has made a huge difference. Because um, before, I would go to the gym. I mean, I try to go to the gym all the time. But if you're on deadline or you've got something else going on, the gym's the first thing to go. So
1: uh, yeah, all of my time. exercise. Yeah, ex- every single time. And we I have a very sedentary. Thank goodness I've just built up so much muscle and mass over this over the time that missing the gym for a week or two doesn't really affect me in any way.
0: So no one doesn't. You're like somehow you just stay a perfect human perfect. no matter what happens. Perfect shape. But yeah, well, you know, we have a sedentary job where we sit here and you know, it can take longer than you expect. It almost always does take longer than you expect. So you don't go to the gym. Well, you know. You do that a couple days in a row, a couple weeks in a row, a couple months in a row, you 're not getting any exercise, and that for me at least that's really bad for my brain chemistry. yeah, so now I get some exercise, you know it may not make my love handles getting smaller, but it's keeping my brain from getting in that like sad, seasonal, disaffected disorder or whatever place that it can go to, and that's helped a lot. Um, I also make it a point not to be alone in my apartment for more than three days in a row. Um, so on the weekends when I don't have my kids, if you know if I don't have plans, I make plans or I will call right. someone to do something because, yeah, you can really fall into a. At least I can really fall into a black hole if I'm just on my couch watching Food Network for three days in a row, uh, thinking about stuff. You know, it's it's good to go out and remember that people like you and that there's stuff out in the world to do and that uh, whatever it is that's on your mind or or going on that's hard or overwhelming, it that's not the whole world.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, I think uh, for me, similar things, you know, I like to, when I, when I am going to the gym and doing something, because look, mental health and physical health are linked. There, there is a connection there between the two. And that's why getting rest is important. And that's why, you know, for me, I know when I'm not sleeping, I'm more uh, prone to these bouts of, uh, of crushing, you know, soul crushing depression. Uh, but yeah, exercising, just like you said, getting out and and walking. It's, it's a, it's a great time to clear, to, to clear your head a little bit. Um, I've been toying with the idea of, of trying to do some meditation every day, but I'm not apparently good at that because it seems like I'm not doing anything at least, you know, and, and that, that bugs me, but I'm going to, I'm trying, I'm trying to, to pick that up. I, uh, I started this, this process recently, um, uh, which is called level 10 life where you kind of mm-hmm. map out these 10 areas of your life and, and you rank yourself uh, and then you list the things you have to do to kind of, to level up in those areas. Um, and I'm not going to go into where my, my areas is right, but you rank you're yourself. like nines
0: across the board, right? So you're just trying to get mm-hmm. to the, no, the-
1: I'm, I'm awful. <laughs> my, my rankings are terrible in my own, you know, in my own estimation. Um, but, uh, but, I'm, you know, it, it's nice for me to, to list things that I think will help improve uh, not only my life, but the, the lives of people around me and the people I interact right. with. Um, and, and focusing on those things helps me a little bit, too. Um, but no, no nines. No nines anywhere.
0: <laughs> well, I'm pretty much just a nine. Like, I, like, if I had to describe myself as a person, it would, it would be a nine, maybe 9.5. Um, Yes. So. This is a I'm different gonna...
1: side of mental health. This is delusion. <laughs> you're now, you're now in full on delusion
0: mode. Uh, another thing that that I have found uh, and I, coming out of, like I said, I'm in a pretty good place mentally. Um, this week sucks, but I'm in a pretty good place mentally relative to where I have been. And I'm trying to remember how nice it was when someone reached out to check on me or, or to, to be reminded when I felt like I had no one that my friends care about me. So Um, A thing that I have been trying to do is if I if I'm aware that someone that I care about is going through something that, you know, that could have them in a similar place or I, you know, I see somebody and they don't look great. Is this
1: why I get all those late night texts from you saying you up?
0: No, that's just why I want to talk about (laughs) X-Men. I mean, I've checked in on you before, but it was when I knew something stressful was going on. Uh, Yeah, for the most part, I think. You do okay. You also reach out if you need something, which is nice. Um, There are people who don't.
1: Someone, someone please help me. (laughs) I need need some help.
0: When it's easy Um. to get wrapped up in your own shit, even if you're not in a bad place. And you know, I, I called Ryan Stegman yesterday, not because I was worried about him, but just because I realized, you know, Ryan Stegman's my good friend and he's make drawing fucking venom right now, which is the biggest book in the world. And I haven't talked to him in six months. So I called just to check in. And I think it's important to, to show the people that you care about, that you care about them. And, and that can be a huge help.
1: Well, that's a good point, And that's going on my list of things that I need to improve because I know I'm not really good about it. Um, and it's not that I don't care about people. I just, uh, sometimes I get this feeling that I'm bothering people. I've told you I, we've had this conversation right. many times. I often feel like uh, I'm bothering people. The nice thing about our relationship
0: is you don't respect me enough to care. Right. So you just bother me first.
1: That's right. Well, no, you're absolutely, that's absolutely right. No, but, uh, (laughs) but uh, I have, I have issues in that, uh, you know, we know and we know a lot of the same people and many of these people are creators. Um, Many are, um, many of them are successful. And I have issues that I won't even reach out to someone just to say, Hey man, what's going on? How are you? Because I don't want them to think I'm angling for some sort of professional assistance. Sure. Uh, it it sickens me that anyone would think I'm trying to to do that. And I have I have done that, but I usually when I when I reach out for those reasons, I usually say, "Hey, I'm asking for help here. I need some, you know, I need some help." But I don't ever want anyone to think I'm just talking to people because uh, I want them to help me professionally in some right. in some way. And therefore, I just don't reach out to people the way I should. Right. Which is well, kind I, of a, a,
0: you underestimate how much people love you which is very weird to me because it's very obvious how much people love you. Like, I mean, not as much as people love me, but that's
1: a, that's a high bar call. Well, okay. (laughs) Um, I then, yes, I do underestimate because I don't, I I'm not a, you know, I get it. I know, I know my, my flaws and, and my limits and the limit is just to, I am just shy of annoying everyone. So there we go.
0: Another thing that I, that I have come to that has helped, um, It's easy to be kind of a shitty person, shitty friend uh, when you're in a bad place because you're you're so wrapped up in the darkness that you can be kind of snippy and you can be kind of you can easily be distant and just disappear on people, Uh, which I did. I had a horrible habit of that where I would just go away and talk to two people and disappear from people. And that's like
1: I feel like that's directed at me because I know that I talked to you some. No, I just I know that earlier this year. Um, there were, I was going through some stuff and I think that you, you personally took the brunt of a lot of it. Uh, because I know I yelled at you a lot from no, you, you weren't, you were not involved in any way. Uh, but I know I cut loose and yelled quite a bit just because I was angry at everything and everything. You did, but I was happy
0: to be that. Cause you weren't going to like you were, it wasn't going to be possible for you to burn me up and I didn't want you burning up
1: bridges. So I, oh, I did that it. too. I did a lot <laughs> of that, but,
0: uh, but yeah, I think that it's a good step for those relationships that may have been damaged. I don't think you damaged. You did, certainly didn't damage this relationship. Uh, we talk every week. We have to. Yeah. Um, but just apologize for your shit. Like it's easy when you're in a dark place to to be so self-involved because you're trying to you know it's it's uh, self-preservation. You're trying to survive it. Um, but after the well, fact, you can you can. If you, you can remove, it's possible to remove all of the why. Like, I did these for this bad stuff for good reasons. I did this bad stuff because this was going on and because, 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 because. Chop all the becauses off. They matter. They're important. But get rid of them. And then you can just be like, hey, I'm sorry that I disappeared on you. Or, hey, I'm sorry I've been a shitty friend. Or, yeah. Hey, I'm sorry. This list of horrible stuff. And that is good, I think, both for, like, your own peace of mind because you can kind of forgive yourself for that shit. And also good for the other person because they realize you care. can i just do
1: like a mass apology right here to everyone that i've wronged just i'm sorry guys i mean you should tell cindy to her face probably but otherwise (laughs) she knows she believe me (laughs) i just wake up in the morning and apologize for what a horrible person i am but uh uh, but no and i think that's a good point I, i i think apologizing when you're a shitty person helps um I'm not good at it. I learned how to apologize from Fonzie on happy days. And that dude couldn't apologize. He couldn't even say the words. I'm sorry. And he's the coolest.
0: It's true. He could turn on a jukebox just by hitting it with his fist.
1: Right. And even Fonzie probably had some issues that he didn't want to, to go into. Uh, Um, but uh, you know, I just think it's important. And and look, if you're people out there that, that feel like you don't have anything going on that you know you don't face mental issues, and I've seen, I see a lot of I see a lot of people on Twitter saying, kind of uh, misguided things about mental health. You know, that they think it's just being. On the office, Michael Scott does this bit where he's like, "Is a depressed just fancy for being bummed out?" You know. Uh-huh. And, right. and, and I know people feel that way, maybe because they're not experiencing it. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's important just to, to realize that uh, you don't know what's going on in somebody else's head. You don't know what's right. going on in their life. And, and it absolutely does not, it is not dependent on outside influences of how someone's going to, you know, when someone's dealing with, uh, with, with things that, are, that, that can feel overwhelming to them. I mean, it may, it may be outside, outside influences may have, you know, some bearing on that, but they're not a requirement to feel overwhelmed and to feel, uh, to feel like you just can't get through it. And, uh, and, and if you're experiencing that, you just need to know that, that you're, you're, it takes time. You got to be patient with yourself because that's the thing. I'm not, I, I have, I have a lot of trouble being patient with myself. And, uh, like I said, I wanted that therapist to give me the answer right now. You know, no. tell me what yeah. to do.
0: Well, uh, like you said at the beginning, like we have, for the sorts of nerd that we are, the variety of nerd that we are, we have very enviable lives. Like we sit yeah. and make superhero comics and horror comics and wrestling comics for a living. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they pay us to do it. We we're, you know, just gorgeous men. Just some of the most attractive human beings anyone's ever put on the earth. So if we can get down, if we can get depressed in this amazing golden life that we lead, (laughs) yes, of course, of course anybody can.
1: Then everyone should, everyone else should be depressed. Oh my.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Because they're not, they're not living up to the example we're setting. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm joking when I say all of these things. I don't actually think.
1: I think people get it. They don't, you know.
0: I think they they get it. I don't think they do i at, at cave kind of my takeaway was number one, everybody in Springfield, Missouri watches this show, and number two, I am the villain of missouri swagger
1: <laughs> that's I've cultivated that on a sub a sub channel, the true Missouri swagger and it's just me uh and a and like just talking bad about you and telling all the terrible things you've done um, that's good work but yeah i think I think for us I think it's important just every you're not alone and, and don't ever feel, you know, sometimes you're going to feel alone, but, but understand that, uh, it it happens and, uh, and it does help to talk to other people, whether that's a friend or, uh, you know, a therapist or, or whatever, whatever you need to, to do. Absolutely.
0: Uh, okay. I think, I think we covered World Mental Health Day. I think
1: everybody's, everybody's feeling better now, right? I, mean, I think fixed we fixed it.
0: It. We fixed all of our viewers or, and listeners. I, I've been told that no one wants to watch my face, and so <laughs> some people just listen to this, even if they're watching it on YouTube. They oh. start it, they see us, and then they just listen. I don't believe that. I think they're lying to me. But, uh, yeah, so we have some viewers and we have some listeners, and we fixed every one of them.
1: Yep, you're it's all cool. fixed. Thank you. You're welcome, and... Uh, and just remember to name your children after us. Yes.
0: And Colin has a Missouri Swagger story that will not be insensitive. Yeah, going
1: into this, I was worried that that I might tell some story that was insensitive to it. But it's not. It's just a, it's just a story about me. But before we get there, Dennis, I do want to say that I'm currently running a Kickstarter uh, for a, a comic book uh, anthology titled A Passage in Black. It is on Kickstarter right now and it runs through like the first week in November. But uh, please go check that out. Uh, it has a lot of stories in it by that, that are adaptations of my short stories by some very talented uh, writers and artists. Uh, it has some new stories by me in it. It has but, the
0: greatest Kyle Strom cover It has, has ever been.
1: It has a Kyle Strom cover of me kind of looking uh, bewildered and frightened, which Can I'm just... Can you put it up on the video? I'll put that up, yeah. But it... it at first I thought it was kind of unflattering, but it really does look just like me. So it's <laughs> great. Yeah. my favorite thing is what it says on the screen. Yes. It has little Easter eggs throughout the, throughout the, the image, but, uh, uh, but yeah, check that, check out the Kickstarter if you haven't yet. Uh, we would appreciate your support cause it's something I'd like to do. Uh, an anthology like this I'd like to do on an anu- uh, annual basis and bring other creators in and have them, you know, tell their own stories and things like that. Uh, hopefully this one is successful enough that I can feel comfortable doing that. Yep. 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 Get it.
0: So oh, also, also my thing, hold on. Yes. X-Men season one, which is one of oh, my favorite yeah. things have ever done. It's, uh, it is the first paid work I ever got paid to do. Jamie, Jamie McKelvey art, uh, me on story. And it's sort of a retelling of the Stan and Jack era of X-Men, uh, but moved up into closer to a present time and more focused on, uh, character development. And it is a thing that the internet loves, thanks to Jay and Miles Explain the X-Men. It is a thing I get asked about at every single con, but it's been out of print forever. And it used to be a $25 hardcover. And yeah. now, as of yesterday, they have re-released it as X-Men Uncanny Origins in softcover, in paperback. Uh, from, I don't remember how much, but it's much cheaper than it was before. So you should go buy that and you should buy it in bulk, and you should buy it for everyone, every X-Fan you know so that I will get royalties. Because as I mentioned before, the whole point of all of this is for me and Colin to get your money. Run out, give his Kickstarter your money, and give Amazon or wherever your money for X-Men, and then I will get that money.
1: I was looking over at my shelf because I have a copy of X-Men Season 1 almost within within arm's reach. It's a great book if you haven't read it. It is really good. Uh, I referred to it a lot in uh when i was writing x-men blue and uh it, it's it's an awesome book. Don't get it. Get All it. All right, Sluggerus. Sluggerus Bun. All right, so I'm going to tell a story. Uh most people who know me don't know this about me, but i am terrified of power tools. Uh i can use them. Uh I mean, i'm not talking about like a drill or i'm talking about like wood shop power tools. Um like a couple of years ago I took my son, he was making a car for like the Pinewood Derby, and I took my son to the shop at his school and and I was hoping just to use like a chisel and hammer and make this thing. Uh and uh and no, uh they wanted us to use the jigsaw and stuff. And I broke I mean I did it, but I broke out in a sweat using this jigsaw. I am I am mortified uh by power tools. Uh that has not always been the case. Um, when I was in ninth grade, I was taking uh, industrial arts wood shop class and I had decided that uh, for my project for the year, I was going to build a glass top coffee table and I wanted this thing to be, I mean, I had it all planned out. I had it, you know, I had all the diagrams, I had it detailed, I had this thing planned and I bought really cool wood uh, for uh, this, uh, this, this coffee table. And, uh, the only problem with the wood was that it was strange. All of it was bowed in a weird way. So I had to cut the curved part off of the, the wood and then plane it to make it smooth. Explain what a planer is for those. Well, for those. so, so to plane the wood, I used a machine called the joiner. and the joiner is this, uh, it's a table and it has a, a barrel on it. And this barrel has three long blades and the barrel spins And you run your wood across the the joiner and it smooths everything out very quickly and very, uh, very nicely. Um, Now I took my industrial arts class when I, (laughs) when we, the first day of class, the teacher says it is the most dangerous time of the day to, to be in industrial arts class. Uh, Most accidents in industrial arts happen at this time of day. And he said, and this is the most dangerous machine. Here's the joiner. He said, (laughs) Hopefully most of you won't have to use the joiner because it's a very dangerous machine. And uh, But because of my project and because of the wood that we bought, uh, I had to use the joiner pretty much every day for like weeks. And I was getting really good at using the joiner. I was very proud of myself. I was uh, very confident. I think I walked around with a little more uh, swagger in my steps all day long because I'd get through that day and I was like, hey, I use the joiner. Everybody else... You know, you can't use a joiner the way I can. So um, one day, uh, I guess what happened was the teacher that night was cleaning the jointer. And uh, when you clean it, you take the blades out and you, then you put them back in and tighten it back in. And I guess when he cleaned it, he didn't tighten the blade down, one of the blades down on one side well enough. So instead of a flat blade, the blade kicked up, you know, at a small angle. And uh, I was there at school that day and I was planing my wood. I was going through it. uh, And then at some point uh, the wood starts kicking. It's like pap, making this, this loud snapping noise as I'm running it through. Uh, And it, it kind of kicks and it snaps and it kicks and it snaps and it kicks and it snaps. And then all of a sudden my wood just goes zing and just the, the (laughs) the board just shoots across the room, hits the wall on the other side. Everybody stops my uh, hand guard hits the joiner, and then my handguard shoots across the room, hits the wall. Everybody looks, you know, shock and awe. And I step back from the joiner. like, oh, man, that was super embarrassing. My wood just went flying across the room. That's awful. Everybody's going to make fun of me for almost killing someone with a piece of wood. And as I'm thinking that, and I look down, and I see that my shoes are just covered. And my shoes and my pants legs are covered in blood. <laughs> I mean, just solid red. And uh, I look over at my hand. I I I raise my hand up, and I see that my hand is just gore. You know, it's just a, it's just uh, it's just a a mask of red. And what was really horrible about it was, the joiner had had planed all the skin from my hand, and the skin (laughs) from my hand was hanging like a glove off the bottom of my hand, off off the bottom of my hand, sort of waving there. And, uh, uh, and I, remember I, I grabbed my hand and stopped it from bleeding because I was in no pain whatsoever. Uh, but I grabbed my hand to stop it from bleeding. I looked over at my teacher with this look of shock and horror on my face and he grabbed me and he yanked me, you know, yanked me out. And, uh, you know, we ran to, we rushed me to the emergency room. I was bleeding all over everything. Every time someone would move their hand to, uh, to reposition, blood would just rain down from my hand <laughs> And uh, they took me to the emergency room and that emergency room bandaged me up. But then they said, you got to go to another emergency room. And I had to go to another emergency room. And I sat in the waiting room because I couldn't find my parents. They didn't know where they were. And they weren't going to take me in and fix my decimated hand. Um, and uh, finally, my parents got there and they took me in. they had to cut my favorite Panama Jack long sleeve T-shirt in order to get my arm out of it and without to uh, turn up. And they had to cut the, the skin they had to use scissors to cut the skin off, and if you look at my hand, you can see the. I mean, videos doesn't can't, doesn't do it justice, but you can see the it's scars, scarred, mangled mess. My scar, mangled mess, and all these little deep gouges. That's where the blade that was kicked up was digging in. Mm. Yeah, um, and it's all the way up my thumb too. You can see <laughs> it, it went so right up there.
0: When they pulled that that hand skin off, did they slap it down on some sort of tray? Because I feel at like at that, that
1: point would've... it was starting to hurt. Cause I've right. been sitting it with it, it for so long. Yeah. And uh, so I don't know what happened to the, to the glove of the, the hand glove, <laughs> but I remember it waving off the bottom of my hand. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh,
0: well, human skin doesn't survive very long
1: off of the body. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: but, uh, but that was uh that's the worst. I don't know if it's the worst I've ever been hurt, but it's probably the, the, it's probably the closest to being the worst I've ever been hurt. And that's why I'm scared of power tools to this day. I would rather use a handsaw than like a, uh, an electric saw anytime just because I'm, I'm scared something's going to happen. It's going to, uh, it's going to backlash on me and I'm going to get killed. You know, some like something on maximum overdrive. the power tools are out to get me.
0: When I imagined that that happened in Carolina,
1: right? That was, yeah, that was Carolina. And well, yeah, it's not Missouri, but there's nothing more Missouri than
0: saying here, child, here's a very dangerous machine. And this is the worst time to use it. Go with God.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, the teacher showed up that night at my house. I had a McDLT, and that was a pain, too, because I couldn't get the McDLT together because McDLT served, you know, the hot stays hot and the cold hot stays cold. cold. I couldn't do it. What a defeat. I, you know, I really wanted to m- enjoy a McDLT on the way home from the emergency room in my bloody chopped up Panama Jack shirt, and yet I could not enjoy my McDLT
0: because you knew styrofoam fast food containers were not long for this world and at that sandwich wasn't going to exist.
1: I, right. And, uh, and anyway, the teacher showed up that night was, you know, checked in on us. The principal, I went back to school the next day with my arm in a sling and I milked every bit of sympathy I could from everyone. I remember someone asking me, is your hand still there? And I was kind of like,
0: I don't know because <laughs> it, it was just super bandaged up when they can't um, do anything. You just have to wait for your hand to rebuild skin. I cut yeah, I, I cut the, to, my thumb off with a, with a um, box cutter once yeah. I like clean off.
1: And yeah, you just yeah. have to wait for it to grow back. And it took forever. I mean, it yeah, took for, uh, forever for the skin to grow back. And, and I had to go to therapy to make sure my nerve, you know, I had no nerve damage and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's back. I'm okay. But uh, happy
0: Halloween, folks. Happy Halloween.
1: <laughs> and and yes, if you ever want me to do some sort of like help you build a deck or something, uh, don't expect me to use a power. I'll, I'll do the hammers all you want, but <laughs> power tools and I don't get along. So there you go. All
0: right, folks. That's Missouri Swagger. Have Thanks. a great week.
1: Take care, everybody.